0: The heartache and in the joy Yes, every tear
1: say yes he is this morning. I say that. I praise that. Yes he is. He saved me, healed me over and over and over again. He's changed my life. Anybody thankful for Jesus Christ? Can we clap our hands this morning? Give him praise for that. We're so thankful for that. I feel that in my heart today. I'll tell you, I've been thinking about this. When we just turn our eyes to the Lord and praise, chains fall off of us. Our vision changes. Our, our heart changes. We get our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. 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 We're so glad to see you here this morning in church on this cold spring day. Anybody just ready for spring just to just full forth? Just come, come on us. In Jesus name. The pastor just got touched for sure. Just fell asleep Friday night, woke up Saturday morning, Christmas morning on Saturday morning. My kids were looking for a tree and uh, and gifts, but they weren't there for them that day. We're so glad that you're here. Visitors that are here today, we believe with all of our heart that you're home. We believe if you're visiting today... That this is a church that you can get planted in, that you can make your home, that you can be proud of, that you can grow in, that you can prosper in all things that are Jesus Christ today, and we want to welcome you here with all of our hearts. We're so thankful that you're here, a great day planned for today. I need to make a quick announcement before we greet one another. Um, in the. In the foyer, immediately following service today, um, we will be, I will be at a desk and and Missy Osborne will be at a desk. This summer, we have decided, we have been asked by the, um, I'm trying to think, the, the bishop, the regional bishop. of uh, of Alaska British Columbia to come up and do uh, a missions trip in Alaska this summer. Our youth group and adult leaders from our church are going to be up there, and we're going to be doing the camps for them and ministering in churches all across the region there. That's going to be your young people. Your young people are going to represent your church, and leaders from your church are going... An incredible opportunity we're working hard on it already we've been doing many things and and so one of the fundraisers that we've been given a couple in our church an awesome couple in our church have devoted and totally given their time and cost to sell these decals that would go on your window of your car or they would go on your book bag for some of you grandparents or your, your young people you want them to know about oasis you can buy an oasis decal they can put it on their book bag they can put it on their window or mirror whatever it is but we're selling those for ten dollars and listen every single dollar will go towards that trip sending our young people to be a blessing in alaska and british columbia And I know that you guys want to be a part of that. So if you would, if you got time, just stop by the desk after service and just check that out is all we ask. And we're just so thankful for every opportunity. Now, if you would, would you get out of your seats and shake hands with one another and welcome one another into God's house this morning. I just want to stay
2: in Jesus' name. I just want to stay.
3: would please join with me in praying over the nation of Israel and praying over our home country America let us pray dear Heavenly Father we honor you and thank you for your wonderful blessings and your great touch God we're honored that we can serve a wonderful awesome God that loves us and that cares for us thank you Lord that your hands wrap all around this world and God you touch your people and you're with them today we pray for the nation of Israel God, there's so many people that would want to terrorize and want to attack and come against that small nation. But God, we know that those people, that nation is in your heart. We just pray that you would protect them and bless them today. Be with them, Lord, in their homes, in their jobs, everywhere that they are and everything that they do. God, we pray that you would protect them and bless them mightily and raise up, Lord, against all opposition, Lord, and have your way there. Lord, we pray for America, God, that you would have your way here in this country, Lord, that you would go through the hearts and the lives of every person that's here in this nation, Lord, that every one of us would turn to you, to call out to you, Lord, and to dedicate all that we are to you, God, that you would have your perfect will and way in this nation. God, through elections, through uh, elected officials, Lord, all down through the dinner table. God, just every person, we pray that you would have your way to protect, to bless, that your will and your work would be accomplished and done. And God, we give you praise and we give you honor today. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Sacrifice that was made for our salvation you understand that he's king of kings and Lord of Lords that he gave his life for you and I that we could experience and know eternal life how many of you have been given life and life more abundant the enemy came to kill to steal and to destroy your life he wanted to do nothing more than to put you condemned in a devil's hell but how many of you know one look to Calvary has set you and I free this morning We have a whole lot to praise God for. Amen? Amen. 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 I know you're holding the elements, and I won't preach. But I want you to know, man, this is a a sacred and beautiful moment right now. Because you can put all the politics and all the stresses of life, the job, the family, all those things. Put them all away for a moment and just look directly into his face, the prize. Jesus Christ. Tell you, He's the answer for this entire world. He's the answer for every country, for every man, every woman, every boy and girl. He's the answer for you this morning. You're searching avenues, you're searching roads, ways, resources, trying to get more doctors, more, try to understand what you're supposed to do. What's your next step? Let me tell you what your next step is. I am the guru on top of the mountain for you today. Here's the answer to all your problems his name is jesus 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 would you say that with me jesus he's the answer for every marriage he's the answer for every lost son or daughter he's the answer for provision and food on your table his name is jesus he is the author and the finisher of our faith amen amen god bless you i i want you to say amen and clap your hands and shout and run but you got those elements in your hand so we're going to stop right here and honor what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. When on a night, the same night that he was betrayed, he's sitting with his disciples, knowing what was just ahead of him. The Bible says he took bread. and said when he gave thanks, he broke it. And listen to what Paul said about that night. for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Can you almost hear a trumpet this morning? Hallelujah! He's on his way. Yes. There aren't too many more communions left to take. Can I say that again and somebody get that in their spirit? There's not too many more communions left. But until then, We hold in our hands the bread and we have the cup. The Bible goes on to tell us that a man ought to examine himself before he just, we don't ever want to treat communion carelessly or common. It's a sacred moment right now. So I want you, if you would, to just close your eyes for just a moment and examine your own heart that before you partake of communion, you take a look inside first. Lord, if there's anything in me Any wicked way in me, as David said, Lord, search my heart out. Forgive me, wash me, prepare me, Lord, as I partake of communion in your last supper. Lord, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness and mercy in our lives, that repentance brings redemption. We're ready, Lord, to honor you and to remember what you have done for us. In the name of Jesus. It says, and when he had taken the bread, he blessed it and he gave to his brothers. but he broke it and said, take and eat. Lord, we thank you for incarnation, for God, the son, leaving the throne of glory, the portals of glory, becoming a man living sinlessly on this earth, giving your life in sacrifice, paying the wages of our sin that we might experience life. We thank you for that this morning, your body that was bruised, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and with your stripes we were healed. Mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and honor you, and we remember. In the same manner, he took the cup and said, This is my covenant with you, the New Testament, the blood that I have spilled for you. As oft as you drink it, as oft as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you for the blood, Lord. What a tragic scene the crucifixion is. It's not that we celebrate a persecution. But it's that we thank you that you did that, you allowed that, you gave your life for us. We honor you this morning and we give you praise. We are redeemed and we have a song of worship and praise on our lips because of your sacrifice. We can lift our hands and our hearts, we can sing, we can worship, we can amen the word only because of your sacrifice. So we've gathered here together in your presence. We've come into your house and we're not here for selfishness. We're not here for our own personal gain. We're not here, Lord, to just meet friends and be a part of the club. We're here this morning to worship God. Only one purpose, to hear your word, to be challenged in a deeper and more intimate relationship with you and to praise you and to lift you up high and holy that your gospel message might transform another man and another woman yet today in this house. And we thank you for this, Lord. As we've come gathered in your name, your word declares, there you are in our midst. So we honor you. Would you lift your hands now all over the sanctuary and just spend a moment just praising God, just honoring the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We remember, Lord, and we thank you. And until you come, and Lord, we know you're coming soon. We can almost hear the trumpet. We can almost sense the rustling in heaven now. As the angels of God are sensing that something is about to break, something is about to take place, Lord, the earth is shaking, rattling, and rolling, and Lord, there's confusion and chaos everywhere, but Lord, your children are looking towards the eastern sky, for we know our Redeemer, our kinsman Redeemer is coming soon, and we honor you this morning. We bless your name and give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ no other name given among men whereby we might be saved in the name of Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Jesus Jesus amen now won't you put your hands together and give it prayer Why don't you look at somebody and say, man, it's good to be in church today, and have a seat. You can be seated. It is good to see you. Man, I missed you last Sunday. Did you miss me? Did you miss Gary and the choir and Richard? Okay, I need a weather, I need a weather spiritual warfare team starting right now. All in favor, say aye. aye. All right, and it is passed. You'll be getting your notice. Here it is. Ready? Everybody's on the weather team. Everybody. I want you to start start praying the winds around this building and around this area. And let's, we missed you last week. I was so upset. I promise you, I was so upset. I, me and a couple of other guys, we stood in our suits, ready for church, and we. I was here a little after seven. Uh, I think about 7.30 or so, and I I got here, and we were outside. Brian was out here. The Esperanza was here praying and believing God for a great move of the Spirit. We were out there greeting cars and meeting with people, and and I I wanted to greet everybody who came in that I could while others were greeting them, trying to, sorry, we can't. It's cold and dark in there. It's scary. No, not really scary, but... uh, we wanted to make sure they, they knew that, that we were here, we were ready for church, but we just weren't able to let you in. It was too unsafe, especially in the hallways, and impossible to have church. It was also freezing in here, and i got to give it up to Esperanza. They had their coats on while they prayed here Sunday, and that's what we're going to do. If we ever have something like this again, like in 2035, um, we'll, we'll just have everybody bring their coats, and we'll, we'll have service anyhow. Say amen. 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 Amen, although it was interesting, I, I did prayer requests, I did we prayed for families in the parking lot, and, and I even had about five or six people hand me their tithe envelopes through the window of their car. So we 're going to start a brand new ministry here. It's called Drive through Church. I'll stand in the parking lot and Richard will be there and an usher will be at the end. And we'll just, I'll preach. Richard will give announcements. Gary will be on the backside singing Amazing Grace for you. And then the usher will put a plate up to your car before you leave. Stratford Heights, we've got online. Thank you, online folks, for watching us today. All over the entire world. We're happy about the online folks, right? Amen. So now we're going to start a drive-thru. All right. Um, we are delighted today to have a wonderful, wonderful guest with us, someone we love dearly who is here today. And uh, I, I aspire she's here today. And uh, we've had a rough couple of months here in our church for the grief and the mourning over our pastor emeritus and former pastor, Walter D. Watkins. And as you know, it be as hard as it is for us, it's even harder for his wife. And I want you to know Sister Myrtle Watkins is with us home in church today. Myrtle, would you stand? We love you so much. And when you come here, you're home and you're with family. I know you've got lots of family in Mississippi, but you've got family in Ohio as well. So we're delighted and we're also, let's just give it up for Abilities First. They're going to their service. Every month we are honored and privileged to have with us the Abilities First ministry team. They're here today in in our church. What would they do is they get their own lesson and they get special things that they they have back there. They want to always come in and hear our praise and worship, and for some reason, they want somebody else to preach to them. I don't know what that's about. But, uh, they're wonderful folks, and they have a very special lesson for them, and, and we love hosting them every month. Um, also, um, where is Malachi Curtis? He's back. Part of me wants to start start singing, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Look at this cute little guy. Choir, you get the first look. I particularly like this little guy. He's a great nephew to me. And uh, this is Justin and Danielle's son. This is... Doug and Debbie's uh, grandson, and uh, we're thrilled to have him. Congratulations, mom and dad! Uh, excited to have him here at church for his very f- his second Sunday. He was here once, but we got him today. One more time, give it up for Malachi! If you wouldn't mind for a moment, I'd like you to stand with me. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer this morning, watching online is Liz and Virgil Amberg. It's a privilege to be with them this week, and you know the, you know them, some of the most positive people you'll ever meet in your life. Liz, Virgil, your church loves you. We love you very much. It's a privilege to be with them and have prayer with them. And then we took communion down there and we had communion with them. It was just a beautiful time. They invited Arthur, uh, the roommate right next door to, to Virgil. We invited him to join us and just a wonderful young man. Got to meet him and talk with him and pray with him and we had communion with him as well. Just we need to keep Virgil in our prayers. As a matter of fact, we're going to pray for him today. The report, you know, is not so good, but we know we have a big, big God. Amen. 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 So they're doing everything they know to do. They're doing therapy and they're doing all kinds of things to get better. And And now we're gonna trust the Lord to touch Virgil Lamberti this morning. So we're going to pray. And also I noticed that Steve is here today. Steve, you've got a beautiful little two-month-old baby girl, Bethany. If you've been keeping up on social media at all, you know that little Bethany has not been able to even come home yet from the hospital. She's suffering very, very seriously, physically. She's preparing this Thursday for a 10-hour open-heart surgery. She's two months old. Her name is Bethany. I want to hear you say her name, Bethany. We're going to pray for her right now as well. So I want us to join together in prayer. Brother Hale is back here. Brother Hale's hand is up in the air. Brother Hale is someone who needs a miracle from the Lord. And I'm believing that God, I prayed with him at the welcome, and I wanted us to, as a congregation to pray for our brother, and minister to him this morning. He needs a touch from God, and God is able. Is anything too hard for God? No. Amen. There's nothing too hard for God. I'm looking at miracles all over this congregation, people that were given the bad reports, but God was able to touch their lives and they have seen a change, amen? How many of you have ever been healed by God? You've been touched by God's power. Look at that. He is able. So we're praying for these needs and others. How many of you would say, Pastor, I want in on the prayer i want in this unity prayer of this church for needs to be met amen would you help me now let's go before the lord in prayer father as we come before you we thank you the lord you said in your word we can cast all of our cares on you lord you love us you care for us and we thank you today for these truths your word that declares when we read this morning when we spoke your word that By your stripes we're healed. We're asking for healing today. We're believing and standing on the promises of your word that declare that you are our healer. We're asking for the mighty power of God to fall on the lives of these we're praying for. We pray for Virgil Ambergi. We ask you to touch him from his head to his feet. Let him feel the power surging now through his body of his creator. We believe and we know that you're able and God we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. We're believing God for you to touch Brother Hale this morning. Minister healing to him and be with him now. Touch him in this sanctuary as he's gathered here in your house. We pray that you will touch him and Lord we rebuke and come against disease in his life. And we ask you, Father, as little Bethany goes into surgery, we ask you to minister, Lord, to the doctors and the nurses and everyone that'll be a part in that. Lord, we're asking you to heal her and touch her. We'd love to see a miracle take place. You wouldn't even need the surgery. But God, we're going to trust you through it if we have to. And so, Father, our faith is strong and mighty, and we're going to believe for a miracle for this young baby. We ask you to touch her from her head to her feet, all down through her arteries and veins and her little heart muscle we believe in jesus name that you'll touch her and lord we will never fail to give you the praise the honor and the glory for it's not by might nor by power but by the spirit of the lord and we believe in your power to touch and to heal your people So we ask you to touch these needs in all of the hands that were lifted. We believe and ask you for every need, every circumstance, every family that's represented, every heart and life that is crying out for you. Lord, you hear the prayers of your people. So we thank you for it, God. We honor you and bless your name today. And we give you the glory and the praise for it all. For it's none of us, but all of you. In Jesus' name. And everybody agreed and said amen. Amen. One more time, give the Lord a great praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Is that all you can do, or you really feel what you're doing? Amen. I just believe we're going to do it. We ought to do it, right? Yeah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In a few moments after the choir is done ministering, A gentleman is coming to speak a word to you. If you were here at 8.30, you already know it's going to be good. This gentleman's name is Bobby Lynch. I met Bobby about five years ago. I was in Ecuador, Quito. We have any Ecuadorians over here? There we are. There they are, representing. All right. (laughs) Amen. Dios le bendiga. Buenos días. was privileged to be in Ecuador, to be a part of a mission team there. was actually invited back to Colombia and was able to minister there in the jungles of Japal. I love the country. I love the people. Bobby, I met Bobby. Bobby works in church planting all over the South America, but more particularly called to Ecuador. He works there at what's called Semisud, which is a church of God theological seminary where they train ministers and pastors of the, the country there, and they come from all over, really from all over South America. He works with the the general team for the Church of God in South America and Latin America. He is uh, a guy that when when I've said all this, you're expecting that he'd come up, you know, and have a little bit of an accent or something, but no. He is from Alabama. (laughs) So you'll hear that in just a moment. But he and his family, Tamatha and his children were called Many, many years ago to go to the country of Ecuador and to be there, and they have been there for nine years and have ministered there, and, and when I met him, I connected with him immediately. We became great friends, and we have just, through the years, we have stayed in contact with each other. He's the one who initially invited me back uh, to go back to Colombia, and I was there with the ministry team with David Ramirez, and just a wonderful time of ministering at the Holy Spirit Conference there, and just had a wonderful time. We've. Ministered, As you remember, it was through them that we met, the Hosanna Christian Center, where we've been helping this little church there in Quito and supporting them in our missions giving. Also, I adopted a little girl out of an orphanage there in Ecuador. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful relationship through the years. We've been supporting him and his family uh, in our missions giving. We added them several years ago to our missions team. And today is the first day that he's actually able to be here in our country and be here at Stratford Heights. So I'm excited that you get to meet him. I have a feeling you're gonna fall in love with him just like I have his family, and they are going to minister to you. He's got a great word today about the difference that Jesus Christ makes in our lives. And he's also going to share with you a little bit so you know what your are giving uh, is doing in South America. You're gonna get a little taste of what is happening there, but all of it telling you it was great service at 8:30, and I'm looking forward to the same at this service he's my friend and I'm so thankful for him I'm thankful to Todd and Rhonda Taylor who have hosted him while he's been in town this weekend our missionaries who are getting ready to go to Paraguay and we're excited about the work God's called them to do and thankfully they've hooked up with him so I have a feeling they'll all just be working together somewhere in ministry but it's just wonderful to have them with us and with that said I also want now as our ushers are coming to serve you I want you to be prepared that in our missions giving today, it's all going to go to Ecuador. So I want you to bless this family. When he comes up here, I wish we could take the offering at the end so you'd you'd fall in love with the ministry that they have. And so you'd know all the more what you're supporting. But now, for right now, you're just going to have to trust me that you're going to love him. You're going to love the work that they're doing with children. You're going to love the work they're doing with church planting. And God is going to use us. We're part of that blessing in their lives. I went to camp meeting this last year and, and we were part of their church planting projects. We raised up five new churches. We started five churches in South America. So when you, when somebody asks you if we're one church, you tell them, no, we're several churches in many locations. But God has blessed us to be a part of that and we're going to be a part today. I also like to bring something else up to you that's always a little uncomfortable for me. When I was... Youth pastor for 18 years, I never worried about the offering. Sister Watkins, I, Brother Watkins had to carry that weight. He'd he'd say, you're praying with me about the finances. And I'd say, yes, I'm praying. And I would pray, but I didn't carry the burden. Well, something happened nine years ago when pastor walked off the stage and handed me the keys to the building, so to speak. That burden came on me. And as you can imagine from last Sunday... The first of the month, imagine if you win a whole week, if you win a month In one of those weeks you didn't get a paycheck. Now I'm not talking about our paychecks, I'm talking about the offerings and tithe that come into the church. A lot of times many of you give and you give whether you're here or not and thank you so much for that commitment and that obedience to God. A lot of times folks will say, hey, we didn't go to church today, that's a free week for my money. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Say amen if you do. All right. I feel like I'm out here on a ship all by myself now. Come on. And I'm not by myself because it's not my job. It's our job to be obedience to God's holy word. So I'm asking you to think, to pray, and to dig a little deeper perhaps this week so that we can make up for what happened last Sunday. We were sick over that as you were. Many of you were, were. uh, heartbroken. I loved what I heard from several of you who made the comment, you know, it's just my week has not been right because I didn't have church. And uh, I felt the same way. I just felt lost all week long. So I was excited for Wednesday night, and it was good Wednesday night. But I just want you to prayerfully consider, you know, what your gift would be today. As you give in loose offering, as you know, that goes to our missionary today. Your tithe, your missions giving, or your, your building fund giving, all of that. Is what will go to the designated area that you that you've signed it to. So with that said, let's pray. Father, we believe you, we honor you, we trust you. And I know these are your people, and this is your house, and this is their home. So I know that they'll help all of us as I dig deeper and they will as well. And what we need to do to take care of your house here at Middletown. I pray that you will bless every heart and life, that you will touch every gift and every giver. I pray for those, Lord, today that are not prepared and not able to give. I pray your blessings on their lives so that they'll have the joy that comes as your word teaches us the principles of obedience in our giving. I pray that you will touch the Lynch family, that, Lord, you'll help us today in our offering time for them to to not just give an offering, not just give a donation, but, Lord, to meet a need in their lives on the field. I thank you for this opportunity, and I'm asking you to bless it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
5: With your majesty, I fall to my knees. I love you endlessly. With the beauty of your Son,
2: I find myself undone. I love
5: you endlessly
6: church hallelujah give praise to the king of kings and the lord of lords he is worthy to receive our praise today hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus for your faithfulness thank you for your goodness thank you for your mercies thank you holy god for you are faithful faithful has he been faithful to you church Has he been faithful? Has he seen you through those troubled times? Has he held onto your hand when you're crying and you have nothing else to put your hope in? But Jesus Christ, you are faithful. You are faithful, Lord. We give you praise and glory in this house today. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness, for being closer to us than a brother, seeing us through every trial and every need. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to hang out with you at Stratford Heights, a church that loves missions, a church that knows a faithful God and is faithful with him in the mission of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ around this world. Thank you, Pastor Ray, for the wonderful opportunity to come and to share with this beautiful church. Thank you, Todd and Rhonda, for hosting me. I am so glad and excited for your missionaries who will soon be coming and joining me in the field. Quickly, come, quickly, Todd and Rhonda, quickly. Because God is doing a beautiful work throughout Latin America, and I have the privilege of serving in Quito, Ecuador, been in Latin America now for nine years, and seeing some of the great things that God is doing. This church, as your pastor shared, helped plant five churches just last year there throughout Latin America. I've had the privilege of serving as coordinator for church planting now with the Church of God for about five years. It is beautiful what God is doing as he continues to rise up and to lead an army across that nation and i believe a revival that is springing forth that will not know the boundaries that are placed on on our geographical maps but a revival that will sweep across this nation and bring revival to us and once again this passion if i can share with you very quickly we had a church planting conference in chile santiago chile we were there and we were just making it known that there was a need to plant churches. Just letting them know that we need people that were hungry for God, know God's faithfulness to come alongside us and to help plant more churches. We get there and more than 2,000 men and women have filled up an auditorium to hear more about how they can serve God and how they can help plant churches. During that time we made the announcement and we were talking about church planting and the need and we identified one area in Chile we said there's this area we know that there is no church there as far as we know no evangelist has ever went there as far as we know there's been no missionary presence there but god loves them and god wants them to hear the good news there was a man and a woman sitting in the back of the auditorium, 2,000 people. He looks at his wife and he says to his wife, that's us. She said, okay, she, he said, no, that's us today. He went home, he was a Cesar, he was a well-known uh, professor in a local school. He went home and he called his, um, the dean of the school and he said, I'm so sorry, but I have to resign my job tonight because Jesus Christ has called me to be his ambassador and to go to those that do not know him. And tonight I have to resign my job and I have to go. He got in his car with his young children that night and his wife and they drove all night to get to that area. They arrived in that area the next day and they just got out of their car and they started walking the streets and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ just sharing their testimony, just sharing their story, sharing the story of his faithfulness to them. Nowhere to sleep that night, they got in their car and they slept in their car that night. Pastor, the next day he gets up, he starts walking the streets again, just sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Just the simple message of what God has done for them. Nowhere to sleep that night, they again slept in their car. They did this for 30 days walking the streets, telling the good news of Jesus Christ, and sleeping in their cars at night. But after 30 days, more than 100 people had come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Somebody had already donated land, and they were already building a church on that property. That is what Stratford Heights is doing around the world, investing in people like that who are planting churches and making a difference for Christ. So I am excited to be here with you today and to share a little bit of the great things that God is doing. Thank you so much. If you would allow me one moment to salute my brothers and sisters of Esperanza. Que Dios les bendiga. Es un gusto, un placer estar aquí con ustedes. De mi corazón, estoy muy contento de estar aquí con ustedes para compartir su historia. No es mi historia, es su historia Que Dios está haciendo en América Latina Gracias por esta oportunidad Yo sé después de nueve años Esta lengua no quiere pronunciar bien Su idioma preciosa Pero mi piel es blanco, yo sé soy gringo Pero mi sangre es por Cristo Y mi corazón es latino Gracias por esta oportunidad de estar con ustedes Thank you for allowing me to share with them that I am sharing their story. It's not my story. It is the story of what God is doing in Latin America. And that I know that I'm a gringo. I'm a white boy from Alabama. And I got white skin. But my blood is for Jesus Christ. And my heart is from Latin America. For Latin America. Thank you so much for this opportunity as Pastor shared with you. I have the privilege of teaching in a beautiful Bible school there, teach students from all over Latin America. Also have the great privilege of not only helping train and equip and send out church planters to where we've planted more than 4,000 churches in the last five years, but that also I have the opportunity to also plant a church and to have a ministry to children there inside Quito, Ecuador. We are serving more than 120 children at our local facility, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the children that we serve at our ministry center, but also this church came alongside us, and I wanna thank you that you came alongside us and helped us by sponsoring more than 90 children this Christmas. You provided food, clothing, shoes, school outfits, toys and candy for more than 90 children who live on the streets of Quito, Ecuador. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It is beautiful to see how this church continues to pour itself out upon this world. Thank you for that. In our ministry center, it's called Awaviva Ministry Center. There my wife directs a program caring for approximately 120 children. We have a ministry program where where we also have um, school. We have um, educational programs. We have nutritional programs. Uh, God is really allowing us to make inroads into this community. And it's about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with someone else, it's about making a connection and a relationship with someone else. And we are seeing lives transformed. That's the beautiful thing of the gospel how it transforms lives. It doesn't just coat it or just candy it up a little bit. It transforms lives. And that's what we are able to see is how God continues to touch people and transform them so that like Cesar who went and abandoned all to plant a church in a small community in Chile or, and also in our small community, how we've been able to connect with people in the community and they are radically changing. Just this past week, I'd like to introduce you to Viviana, who is a member of the community. She was sending her children to be a part of our after-school tutoring program and to receive uh, food assistance for her children. And so they were growing in the Lord, and so she began to come around, and she began to connect with us, and she ended up finding Jesus Christ also, and connected with him. And he changed her life radically changed her life. And so last week she decided to make, a, to make a declaration of faith and she presented her children, she dedicated her children to the Lord. Two little precious girls who are now growing up in the faith. And I want you to hear her testimony that she said before the church last week. She said, Viviana said, I don't drink anymore. Hallelujah. I don't leave my little girls alone on Saturday night anymore to go dancing in the clubs. That's beautiful. Mom, dad, this is what I as a parent long to hear. Mom, dad, I know I haven't been the best daughter but with the help of God I want to set a good example for my daughters and show you I have changed and that I want my daughters in the ways of the Lord. Thank you mommy, poppy. For always being there for me when, I, when it wasn't easy. Thank you to all my family who have come to share this day with me. Thank you to all my church for helping me make all this possible. God bless you all. Hallelujah. 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 That is the transformative power of the gospel. To take those things that were. The blood of Jesus to cover it, cleanse it, make it whole. That new life can abound and flourish. And I'm excited about the future for those two children and how they being raised in the ways of the Lord will make an impact on that community and on Ecuador and possibly even Latin America. And that's what I want to share with you and talk with you for a few minutes about today is walking with Jesus, the journey with Jesus to talk just for a few moments about the journey with Jesus most of us here today are on a journey with Jesus we've been walking with Jesus for quite some time I consider myself having walked with him for several years how many of you have been walking with Jesus for let's say five years you consider yourself a Christian a follower of Jesus for at least five years any 10 years 20 Maybe I need to sit down and let you come up here and share with me about your journey with Jesus. But this walking with Jesus is an interesting thing. And as I read the scripture, sometimes I I want to put myself in the shoes of the earlier disciples. I should say the sandals of the earlier disciples. I want to, when I read the scripture, sometimes I think, what would it be like to be a disciple? The first followers, those that Jesus called from the boats to follow him. Maybe you're like John and the beloved disciple. That, that was close to Jesus, intimate, you know, had that great thing going. Maybe you're like Peter, the wild one who has a sword and always spouts off at the mouth. That's, that's me. At least that's what my wife says. But I often wonder, what is it like to be a disciple? And so today... I'd like for us to look at one day. Remember this. This is one day with Jesus. And it begins in Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And this is one day of walking with Jesus. And it says that, and he began to teach the crowd by the lake. We find that Jesus begins this time of teaching to the crowds. Said that such a crowd came together that they had to put Jesus in a boat and push him back a little bit so that he could speak to the multitude, so they could hear him. And this is a familiar story of when Jesus began to teach the crowds in parables. He began to tell them in everyday stories of things about the kingdom. And he starts off with this very familiar uh, story of the sower and the seeds. Perhaps you've heard this before of the sower and the seeds. It's about this farmer who has some seed, and he begins to scatter the seed. Some of the seed falls on rocky soil. Some of the seed falls on fertile soil. Some of it falls on thistles. And some of it gets choked out by weeds. And so we see this stories of farming. And then also he talks about these other stories of these lamps and stories of of um, how things are growing, the mustard seeds. And it says that the crowds were just amazed at these teachings. But it also says that the disciples were a little confused. Maybe they're a little hard-headed like me sometimes. They didn't really get it, these stories. And so you see the disciples coming to Jesus to Hear a little bit more. Jesus, explain this to me. Talk to me a little bit more about this. I'm not really catching this. And we see that Jesus takes the time to share with his disciples these intimate details. And you see this love that he has for them, this nurturing, this growth that he's pouring into them. And he shares with them. And you see how they they take this and they build this relationship with Jesus, and they've spent all day with him. Can you imagine you're here in an evangelistic campaign, and Pastor Ray has preached the house down for about 10 hours, 12 hours, all day. He's probably feeling like that after not preaching last week. He could probably go all day, and so they spent this time investing and pouring into them. And no doubt, this was a long day for the disciples. Have you ever had revivals here in this church? Okay, who has worked the revivals? Can I get a witness? Who has helped with ushering, with parking, with all of the details? You have, there's a lot that goes on. So I imagine the disciples were very busy this day. I don't think that they were just sitting back drinking Kool-Aid and Eating on chips or something. It was a busy day with Jesus and an intense time of learning and fellowship. And it says that the day ended in verse 35. And it says that the day ended, and so they all went to Shoney's Big Boy restaurant and they all had a hot fudge sun- Sunday. Yes? No. The day didn't end. Oftentimes we think that the day should come to, you know, at the end of. Today's service, we're out of here. We're going to go eat, go back home, possibly take a nap. But the disciples didn't have that luxury. It says in verse 35 that, and when night came, Jesus said, Let's go to the other side of the lake. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road for us disciples. I mean, it's been good to be with Jesus. It's been good to hear these stories, and it's been good to to connect with him and for him to share. We love that when he shares these, these revelations to us. Don't we love that when he gives us those insights, those nuggets, that thing that points and connects with our heart? But then it says, he said, let us go to the other side. And so now we find that Jesus gets into the boat with the disciples and they start to go to the other side. But it says that Jesus went to the back of the boat and what did he do? He went to sleep. So who had to get the boat to the other side? The disciples, me and you. Those in our sandals had to get the boat to the other side. So they are struggling to get this boat to the other side, whether it sailed, whether they were rowing, they were getting the boat to the other side. And then it says that this huge storm came up a storm out of nowhere, a tempest, an amazing wind storm blew in from nowhere. And it says that this storm took them by surprise and that it began to overtake the boat. The water began to come into the boat and they began to fear for their lives, it says. It was such a storm of such magnitude that they thought they were going to die. And so they ran to Jesus who was in the back of the boat and they shook him and they said, Jesus, wake up! don't you care that we're dying? Now, in my Alabama redneck terms, I'd be like, get a bucket. We're gonna die. Because they didn't, it was just crazy. They thought they were going to die. And then it came to the point that Jesus woke up, stood up, And in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that craziness, in the midst of all of that that was out of their control, he stood up and he spoke to the wind and to the waves and he said, peace, be still. And he still does that today in your and my lives. He still does that for me and you. Though the tempest may rage, though the enemy may come against us, may there be situations out of our control. Our finances are crumbling. Our relationships are floundering. Our children are who knows what's going on. Jesus Christ is still with us in the boat. He is still with us in the midst of those troubled times. He is still with us speaking, peace be still. Peace be still. Now get the picture of these disciples. In this boat, they're cold, they're wet. They thought they were going to die, and all of a sudden this man stands up and speaks to the elements, speaks to the winds and the waves, and says, peace be still, and they obeyed him. And it says that they got freaked out. That's Bobby's interpretation. They were amazed. It says that they were scared in some of the interpretations. Because what kind of man is this that can speak to the waves and to the wind and they obey him? And so by this point they are, no doubt, looking for dry land. They're ready for man. We got to. We got to. We got to go process some of this. In the journeys with Jesus, sometimes we need a little space, don't we? It gets crazy. It gets wild. And they needed a little space to. To go process this. And so imagine these cold, shivering, wet disciples freaking out. Trying to comprehend all these kingdom messages of what's going on about these seeds. And the kingdom of God is like this. And now he's speaking to the wind and the waves. And so they're looking for dry land. They, they're ready to get out of that boat. It's been it's been good, Jesus. But we ready. For, let, let's let's park this thing. Let's find breakfast at McDonald's and and let's just go think. Of, let's sit down for a minute on this. And so they get out of the boat. They finally find dry land in verse in chapter five, verse two. They find dry land, and they're so excited to get there, and they're getting out of the boat. And it says that they landed in a graveyard. Now, that's not the kind of place that I think a good little rabbi boy or girl should be at. Or Jewish boy and girl. This is not a place for rabbis to go to a graveyard. We're not supposed to be around unclean things, Jesus. What is this? This place right here is sketchy. I'm not sure about this, Jesus. Jesus. And they land in a graveyard and they start to get out of the boat and it says that a man, not just any man, this happens to be a demon-possessed man, starts running at them. It says in the scriptures that he cut himself with stones, that he ran through the graveyard howling day and night. He was so tormented by these demons of hell that he cut himself with stones that he was bleeding and he comes running at them, running at Jesus, screaming. Imagine this as a disciple, seeing this. I am super freaked out now. I am, oh, what in the world have we got ourselves into now, Jesus? I don't know what kind of disciple you are. Probably you've got the bravest pastor in the world. He's the disciple like Peter, and he's got the sword, and he's, I'm ready for you. But I'm the one crawling over Pastor Ray trying to get back in the boat. Because this is nuts. What are you doing, Jesus? But it's a beautiful story of how Jesus came to this man in his darkest, deepest, most anxious pit of despair. He came to him when he was hurting. Can you hear this man who was screaming, howling in, the, in torment in, the, in this graveyard, begging for help, cutting himself with stones? And he has no hope, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords comes to him at his point of need and speaks, peace, be still to his storm. And he sets him free. He sets him free. He brings life to him that had no hope. And he cleans him up. And the beautiful part of this story of transformation is verse 15, where it says, This man who was howling through the graveyards day and night, cutting himself with stones. They had tried to put chains on him, and they could not hold him. This man who's running naked, screaming at Jesus in matter of moments. It says in verse 15 that when the people from the town came to see what happened, this man was sitting there clothed and in his right mind. That is the power of the gospel. That is the transformational power of Jesus Christ. How he reaches to those in their deepest despair, in their hopelessness, and he speaks life. And old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. It's a new day for this man. And he's sitting there with the other disciples who had been freaked out, cold, thought they were gonna die, trying to figure it out, but now this man is clothed and in his right mind, sitting there with him. That's the beautiful thing of the gospel, how it reaches those people in their deepest point of needs. The journey with Jesus gets crazy, folks. It's wild sometimes, but there's purpose in the journey. There's purpose in the pain. There's purpose in every situation. Jesus is leading you through that so that you can offer life to those who need Jesus. And he delivers, sets free, transforms, and that is the power of grace. It says that this man who was sitting there clothed in his right mind who had had this encounter with Jesus Christ that changed his destiny and changed his life, It says that the people from the town got so freaked out they wanted Jesus to leave. You can read the rest of the story. They wanted him to leave. And so Jesus said, okay, I'll leave, I'll go. And this man who had been living in that hell of a graveyard tormented by the demons of hell begged Jesus, please let me go with you. Please let me go with you. And Jesus looked at him. He said, no, that's a hard, that's a hard answer, Jesus. He said, no, you stay here and you tell of the good things that God has done for you. You tell of God's goodness. You tell your friends, your family, your community. You tell them what God has done in your life and testify to God. Of his goodness and it says the man did and he went to Decapolis the ten cities in the area and all the people were amazed we're talking thousands of people came to know the story of the transformative grace of Jesus Christ that is the purpose of the journey folks that is the reason why we do what we do. Our story being transformed by the grace of God is not for our own glory. It is for His glory. It is for Him to be lifted high, to be set up, so that all men may be drawn to Him. If I share with you one story, As we close this, and then I'd like to show you a video and invite you to partner with us. I'm going to cry on this. Pastor, I'm going to tell a story from when we were in Colombia together. You've probably shared this testimony. But when we were in Colombia together, we met a lady named Rosalba Perez. Rosalba Perez was a seminary graduate, a seminary student, who was in Columbia preparing to get married. As a matter of fact, she had already bought her wedding dress. Now, I have a 17-year-old daughter who's about to start at Lee University, and she watches some kind of show on the TV sometimes when we're here in the States called Say Yes to the Dress. (laughs) I don't know much about women. I'm still learning after 20 years of marriage. And that's a journey in of itself, the journey with Jesus and a journey with Tamitha. She's not here. And I did not tell her this was live streamed either. But I know one thing, when a woman's bought a wedding dress, there's bells about to be ringing somewhere. There's gonna be a wedding. And so she was prepared to get married. She says that she was prepared to get married, preparing to get married to this pastor. They were going to have a beautiful ministry together. She said the supervisor came to her about a week before the wedding and said, Rosalba, we had an evangelistic campaign over here in this little area, this little city called Colta. And when we were there, 10 people got saved. But we don't have a church there. And we don't have anybody there that can nurture them in the faith. Would you consider going and discipling them? She knew what he was asking. So she said, let me pray about it. She went and prayed. She said she fasted for three days and prayed. And at the end of three days, she said that she knew and heard from God clearly. Rosalba, if you get married to this preacher... I will bless your marriage, I will bless your family, and I will bless your ministry. But if you will go and feed my sheep, I will bless you, and I will bless a city. She said she knew immediately what she had to do. She called her husband-to-be, and she said, I'm so sorry, but God has called me feed his sheep, and so I have to go and I'm not going to be able to marry you, and I'm going to have to go to this area because Jesus Christ has called me to feed his sheep. She went, and Pastor Ray and I went there after she had been in that area for 20 years, and in 20 years God grew those 10 disciples, those new followers, those that were cleaned up and sitting with Jesus, That grew into a church of about 250 members. A vibrant church, beautiful church. But it's a church that also has a soup kitchen that feeds approximately 1,500 people a day who are hungry, those that are hurting, those that are in need. God also gave her the opportunity to start a school. You remember visiting the school. We visited the school and this school, I think it had about 300 children maybe. But the children were flourishing. I mean, you know, all school children are, are happy. I mean, you know, when you ever see pictures and you go to a school, most of them are happy unless you go to high school and something happens then. <laughs> but most schools have happy children. And they were very happy and they were vibrant and they were enjoying life. And so she um, shared with us that this school doesn't just accept anyone. This school only accepts the children that have been kicked out of other schools or they have severe learning disabilities. And they embrace these children. And the beautiful thing is (coughs) that as she was sharing with us, she shared that this school, out of all high schools in Columbia, has the highest, what we would say, SAT, college prep entrance exam test of all Columbia. She said, and the, test, and the parents testified to us when our children cross over into this school, something happens. Something happens. And they begin to learn, they're well behaved, and they just fall in love with studying. And God touches them and blesses them and anoints them. And so they are flourishing academically. But then we went to the orphanage that she was able to start also. And this wasn't just any orphanage. This orphanage only accepts the most violently sexually abused girls in all of Colombia. It only accepts 25 of the most horrific things that happen to little girls that you can imagine. And we were there, and I was broken, Pastor. I was broken there, seeing these girls that just... There was this little girl, five years old, Slenda, who just weeks before, her father had her on the streets of Bogota, Colombia, serving as a prostitute. I can't fathom that. I have a five-year-old son. I can't imagine. I can't fathom that. But this little girl, five years old, had been on the street just weeks before. And so at the end of our time together, we gathered around them, Pastor. And we prayed a prayer of blessing upon those girls and that orphanage and the work that's being done there. And at the end of our prayer, Slinda looked up at me and she said, now we want to pray for you. And she prayed for me and us. This girl that had been ravaged weeks before was now looking and laid her hands on me and prayed for me. And it was at that moment that I realized that we underestimate the transformative power of the grace of Jesus Christ. How he can touch, how he can heal, how he can deliver, how he can save, how he can set free, how he can liberate, how he can take those things that the enemy would kill, steal, and destroy, and he can bring life. He can bring life. He can bring life. And it was at that moment that I realized I will never look at the journey with Jesus the same. That, yes, I go through my storms and I have my times, but there is a person in living in hell in a sketchy area that needs the love of Jesus Christ, that need to meet Him, and He gives us that opportunity and that privilege. I want to take just a moment. If there is anybody here that you feel like you're in the boat right now and it is out of control and that it is... The waves are lapping at your feet. They're even filling the boat and you don't know, you don't think you can make it. Whatever is going on, I want you to stand up where you are right now. Whether it's financial struggles, family issues, whatever it is, stand up in the name of Jesus and say, I am in the middle of chaos right now in my life and I need a touch from God. I need the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to stand up and to speak peace be still. You see these people standing in the name of Jesus, I pray and I ask for each of our believers to stand up and join them right now and lay your hands on them and let us pray where they are at this moment. In the name of Jesus. Those that were standing, raise your hands. I want people to know who they need, who needs prayer. Wrap your arms around these people with their hands up. Lord, in the name of Jesus, We thank you for your goodness and grace. And we thank you, holy God, that you speak peace to our storms. Lord, help us in the name of Jesus to recognize today that you're still in the boat with us. That though the waves may be crashing over, even filling us and thinking that we're going to die, in the name of Jesus, Lord, speak peace into our lives. the name of Jesus Christ speak peace into our situation thank you holy God thank you that you are still the peace speaker Thank thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus I know at the end of service we'll be having another time of prayer I know that I have already extended this probably beyond our time But in closing, as we're just standing and just at this point, I don't think we have time to show the video. If you'd like to see the video, we'll, we'll make that available to you. But I just want to thank you, Stratford Heights, that you are a missional church going to the byways and the highways, going out to compel those to come in and to find safety, to find refuge, to find a savior. To find Jesus. I believe each of you received this form when you came in. If you have this form, I'd like to ask you just for a moment if you would just take this form, please. Just take this form and look at it. On the back of this, if you would like to partner with us in ministry, we'll just keep it simple. If you'd like to partner with us in ministry, I'd like to ask for you to please check the box and then to fill out your name and information, and then leave it with an usher as you, as you leave. God is doing a beautiful work in Latin America. I thank God that he's called me to be a missionary and to be a part of it, but without your help and without your um, support, I will not be able to continue to do what God has called me to do, to plant churches, to train ministers, and to reach children. Also, if you would like to sponsor a child, uh, at our ministry center, you can please see me at this table back here. We have an information pack here of the of the children that we need sponsors. And the card is in your bulletin, they said. So if you would just take a moment to please fill this card out and to partner with us in ministry, I'll be honest with you. We need approximately 100 partners that will come alongside us and will say, we will be with you, Bobby. We believe in what God is doing through your ministry and we will support you. So I'm praying and believing and hoping that you will partner with us and that you will fill out this card and give it to an usher on your way out or come meet me at the table back there at the back. Thank you, pastor. God bless you.
4: tell you what, he's just as real as you saw today when he's on the field. When I have seen him in Ecuador, this is what I met, and you're seeing him today. I wanna to share something with you very quickly. At the same orphanage, I had heard the stories, and I was blown away by the stories of the girls that had been picked up on the side of the road and they had to nurse them back to health before they could actually even find out their stories. They would pick them up in carts along the street, five years old, mothers and fathers literally sitting on the side of the road ordering their five-year-olds, their eight-year-old daughters to go to the cars at intersections and make money for them. I saw this stuff. We would pull up to intersections and I was blown away by the kids running to our cars trying to find someone to donate or to buy them or they might have goods they're trying to sell you at the door, but they were all the little kids broke my heart, and I looked at one of the leaders of this orphanage, and I said, tell me, because we'd heard this horrendous story of this young lady who had been put on the streets at five years old to prostitute for her family, and I said, how many of these young girls in this school have had this story, and the lady looked at me, and she kind of got confused, and she said, all of them. And I was blown away by the statistic that said there were somewhere around 80% of the children in those countries there in, in uh, Colombia and in uh, Ecuador that are abused or sent out to the streets. And I thought, we gotta do something. And there were, they, all the little girls kept running to all of us who were part of the team. And there were two that kind of hanging out with me all the time. And, and they found out I was a pastor. And one of the, those, one little, little sweetheart, her, her name was Sia and she she just kept hanging with me see ya see ya. and she'd say pastor daddy pastor daddy and uh, i just kept hanging with her and i just kept uh, looking at her drawings and she wanted to be show me her room and we were taking the big tour and after it was over i went to one of the leaders and i said and brian you would remember this i i said i, w- I want little see i want her card I, i'm gonna help her every month i'm gonna support her they have cards for children at that orphanage like we've got today for you to help in the, the Missions 25 group that you have the opportunity to go by the table and see. So I picked up the card, and I, I saw and it was her face. And I was like, ah, she's going to be, I'm going to adopt her. I'm going to take care of her. And as I was walking out, I turned the card over, and I looked at it, and I, I said, it says Esperanza. I said, why does that say Esperanza on the back of her card? And they said, oh, that's her, her name. She goes by, see, it's a nickname. She goes, her name is Esperanza. And I was like, (laughs) blown away by that. One of the greatest moments of my life. Little girl down there, she didn't know me from Adam, but I know her. I want you to help us to pray for the Lynch family one more time. And I want us to pray for you. I want us to pray for us as a church. This is why we're preaching about get our eyes off of ourselves and quit being part of a club and really get our focus outside of these walls. How many of you believe the real ministry starts here but goes out there? No, that's what it's all really, really about. Somebody said something. I forget who it was right now off the top of my head, but they said, was it you, Brian? that said, sometimes we're so busy in the church... We don't have time to go be the church. Is that how you said that? I thought it was phenomenal. I've got to write down home. Sometimes we're so busy in the church. We stay in our circle that we don't have time to go be the church. I want us to be the church. That's what the Clayton Street mission is going to be. That's what this is about that's why we're a missions giving church that's why we want to continue to support and I want you to go by the table I want you to take your card I want you to do what you can do to help we support as a church every Sunday when you give in your missions offering. some of that goes to to the ministries down in South America but I would love for you to take one of those cards and fill out and decide your family prayerfully decide you're going to take care of helping support them on a monthly basis I would love for you to do that we can never out God can never outgive God. And so I want us to pray for them. I want us to pray for you. Some of you were ministered to today. God touched your life. He wants to make a difference in your life. And that's what this church is about. So I want you to, to pray right now for the global need, the ministry for the lynches. And I want us to pray for ourselves that we'll be what we need to be, a light set on a hill in this community that cannot be hid, amen. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you. We honor your name and bless you for this good word that we've heard. Lord Jesus, you make a difference in our lives. You turn us upside down. And we thank you for the hope and the anchor that you are. That, Lord, no matter what our circumstances might be, whether it's just through the trials and the troubles and the storms of life, or, or whether, God, we're one of those that are just running in chaos in our lives and we have no order and we are the ones in need. I pray that you will touch and minister from the front to the back, the left to the right, all throughout this congregation, every heart, every life, every ministering need that has to happen in this place today. We call it done in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that you'll continue to open our eyes as they've been opened today to the needs all around the world, that you'll touch us in our ministry efforts, all in missions giving to South America. I pray for the Lynch family. Lord, I believe in these folks. I've fellowshiped with them. I've been on trips with them. I've talked with them for hours at a time. I know these folks, God, are doing what you've called them to do. I pray that you will minister over them and that this church Lord, we'll, we'll fall behind and support them in any way that they possibly can. And I thank you that we are privileged, Lord, for you are the one that blesses in order to be a blessing. So I praise you and I thank you for that today. And I'm believing for kids to be adopted today. I'm believing, Lord, for support to go into ministry efforts and ministry in Ecuador. And I praise you and thank you, that, Lord, we are a part of that today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we go from this place, Lord, saying it's been good to be in your house been good to be in the house of the lord and to be gathered together with your people touch us today as we come back together tonight let your work be accomplished and done as we preach and we come together once again to be the church in our community and we thank you for every heart and life here today in jesus name amen Before you go today, if you have a special need of any kind, our ministers are going to come into the altar. And as they are, you're more than welcome to come by the altar and receive prayer for any need that you have. God bless you today. We'll see you tonight.
2: the tears
0: of all His children, just like the ocean our Father holds. He sees the burdens, He sees the struggles, and every fear, even my own. There's so many things I don't understand, but He is God. He knows all of it He's got the whole- Inside our homes from the street breath of my baby boy. I felt God. He was with me then. Through the heartache and in the joy. Yes, every tear that we cry. God is
5: Sometimes I fall in my wandering But through it all There's just one thing More precious than the air I breathe Grace amazing, grace unfailing
2: Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you.